there is nothing quite like no football on the screen. The one of one is missing. Uh Uh-uh. I knew something was up. Pop, that's almost twice as much going for the same price. I just freaking love that Ray Rookie logo. Doing more buying. Which one of these five quarterbacks has the worst set of pass catchers to throw the football to? Guess how much I sniped this for an auction. Number to five, you dirty yep. animal. I'm telling you, these optic on-card autos are money. Huh? 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 Yeah, definitely sold over 30 cards in August. Get off this young man's back. There's nothing, there's nowhere to go but up. That patch is vicious. Patch cards. That is my favorite thing. And there is no telling where that one of one is. Let's go. I like it. I haven't seen the new intro. His name is Andy. My name is Carter. Type Y for yes. Type in for no if you loved the new intro. Andy, that was some pretty good stuff, man. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that. I had a little bit of fun putting that together. Some of uh, some some clips that we had, some sound bites. Yeah, I love it. So we will be at the Nashville. We'll be saying this at the beginning of every episode. So if you're tired of us talking about it, just fast forward. But we want to meet each and every one of you there. We are really excited uh, to to get to hang out with all of you here at the end of the month in Illinois. But most of you aren't going to the National. We all love to eBay hunt. We all love football cards. And today we are talking about both. Andy, we are one step closer to the start of the season. What has been your biggest takeaway um, when it comes to football cards and what you have seen over the past couple of weeks? I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in the past couple of weeks is is the the increase of activity on the Monday night auction, specifically through the major consignments like DC Sports 87 jumps out to me. Uh, I tried to snipe a lot of auctions last night, uh, and we also tried to snipe them last Monday night, and there was a lot more competition. Uh, the, the premium cards from the premium players are getting a lot more bids, and they're kind of going a little bit outside of that range where it's like, man, I, I wanted to get this in you know, a certain range and uh, they're going a little bit above that. So uh, across the board, I'm seeing uh, really, really good numbers. Surprisingly, um, you know, even guys that uh, aren't projected to be on uh, very powerful teams this year, just because they're seeing those uh, those ADP increases through news, et cetera, they're having price increases or just based on a, an overall expectation increase year over year they're they're seeing uh price and demand increases as well the one guy i want to start off with today is kenny pickett so one of our loyal viewers cody b has been dropping a lot of super chats for us lately we really appreciate you we'll be meeting him at the national uh i I saw one of my favorite card accounts uh jason at dci buying a bunch of kenny pickett right now and last year we saw going into last year when that product is out, those quarterbacks going into year two, even if you don't believe Kenny Pickett is going to be somebody, uh, it is very interesting, Andy. People are, are are starting to buy into the hype, and I'm starting to wondering if it's because of that Steelers logo. Yeah, it's got to be that Steelers logo, man. And plus, he was the only first-round quarterback taken right. last year. Which I guess isn't is not saying a whole lot. I mean, you Brock Purdy coming out of obscurity as Mister Irrelevant. Um, it is it is really interesting. Like Brock Purdy is still leading the graded uh, football card market from that draft class, but it's got to be this logo for Kenny Pickett because I mean, you look at the strength of their division. 
with the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens. And then you also just look at, like, I, I get that they've made improvements and they definitely have a solid core of weapons and they made some improvements to the offensive line. Uh, but at the same time, we're still not talking about an, an elite squad here. There's a lot of unproven talent. You do have Hall of Fame coaching, though. You do have a solid defense that always hangs in there. So it's like that Pittsburgh brand, that Pittsburgh logo goes a long way for Kenny Pickett, in my opinion. Yeah, here's my biggest thing for for Kenny, and I, I see Steve, one of our sharpest viewers, talking about it. All three of the other quarterbacks in the division, we've seen them play at an MVP level, right? I think a major bounce back for Lamar is happening this year. I, I think people are, are crazy to think that Lamar isn't going to get back to MVP level at some point. Uh, and then obviously, you know, you could call it bias or whatever. Joe is Joe. And then Deshaun Watson, you guys know I'm bullish on the Browns next year, man. They just have so much freaking talent. So, yes, you got a Hall of Fame coach with Kenny Pickett, but honestly, I would definitely be looking to move Kenny. Something else I really appreciate about Kenny Pickett from just a football card standpoint, he does have a pretty auto. I, I see a lot of clean, full autographs on his card, so I, I appreciate that uh, from, from Mr. Kenny. So I guess my question for you, Andy, would be, outside of Purdy, outside of Pickett, are there any other quarterbacks – uh, like a Desmond Ritter or anyone like that that's interested you? Yeah, you know, um, if I were to look at it as totally unbiased, uh, I do think, you know, look at the values. I mean, let's look at let's look right. at the values here and also look at their strength of schedule and the strength of the division. Uh, the NFC South definitely has a very soft division. You basically, you know, right now on paper, looks like the Saints can be contending with the Falcons, maybe – Maybe the Panthers in there, definitely in the Bucks, like projected last place. Uh, Ritter's interesting just because of how strong the, the the supporting cast is around him, how strong the offensive line is. Then also you look at their uh, strength of schedule is second to easiest strength of schedule this year, 31st easiest schedule. So, And they also have a top 10 offensive line according to Pro, Pro Football Focus. So I look at that with Bijan and Cordell Patterson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and like, you know, they're not going to expect him to do a whole lot. It's a run-first team. Arthur Smith loves to run the ball. So if he can just meet expectations, I think there's some potential there. At you know, I, I'm not willing to invest thousands of dollars on any national treasures or super rare uh, right. Desmond Ritter stuff. But, I, I mean, you know, if, if, if I had a $1,000 bankroll, I would say, you know, taking 50 to $100 of that and investing in, uh, a Desmond Ritter card, whether it's a base donors rated rookie PSA 10, or maybe uh, an optic hollow prism silver, something like that, get you a little bit of exposure just to be ahead of that. Uh, what if he does, you know, the off chance that he does exceed expectations or the team as, as a whole exceeds expectations compared to what they're projected to do right now. Now, Chad is also one of our many patrons, a part of the card quest. He is a backup quarterback prospector. So we know he is a big Mitchell Trubisky guy, along with our guy Brad Nolan. And he is also a Matt Marked Mariota guy. So, Andy, let's chat a little bit about backup quarterback prospecting. Number one, is that something that you like to do? And number two, 
do you recommend that uh, for somebody? I guess for me, it just comes down to entry price point. Yeah, entry price point, scarcity on a quarterback. We we saw what happened to Mike White when he got a starting shot. I mean, uh, th- that actually that sh- uh, a Mike White snip should have been in the intro. <laughs> that's that's yeah, a miss. of course. We've but I mean, about that's. Yeah, we. I mean, there was a whole Mike White phenomenon there for a few weeks, uh, a couple of years ago. So you know, it's it definitely is a viable strategy. You're going to have a lot more misses than you have hits, though. Uh, you know, there's there's a much higher likelihood that your starter is not going to miss any any time, or he just misses a week or two. You know, uh, the spike from Gardner Minshew last year for the Eagles literally lasted all of like one week. And it wasn't that big because we knew Jalen Hurts was coming back in just, uh, you know, a couple weeks. And so it's that kind of thing. Uh, I guess you saw this happen with Chad Henney. I know Chad had success with Chad Henney when he stepped in for Patrick Mahomes before. But once again, it was very small window. It's one of those things where you definitely have to be well ahead and and have those listed ready to go because the window to sell those kind of guys is so small it's so small literally could be just a uh and it could come on a a questionable or doubtful designation for the starter and then there's news that this guy's going to start if it's a powerful team with a you know in a in a uh prime time scenario or a winning type of, of record scenario then all of a sudden there is opportunity that window of opportunity opens up for you to make money on those backup quarterbacks being able to get them so cheap sometimes. One guy I really love going into next year, and it's sad to say because I, I'm a Russ guy, but you know, Jared Stidham is someone that I I just like a lot, right? Especially with Sean Payton as the coach. Keep this in mind with Jared Stidham. Okay. Now it's a little bit different because Teddy Bridgewater is a very good quarterback, but the Saints have won a lot under Sean Payton with backup quarterbacks. So if, let's just say, Jared Stidham were to go in and, and play some next year, I think he could win football games. And he even gave you a glimpse of what he was able to do versus a 49ers defense, which I think Andy, nobody here would disagree it was a top-five defense. So I, I, I am very interested in Jared Stidham, and keep in mind, 2019 rookie class, as we talked about quite a bit, Andy, that year has some, you know, built-in scarcity with uh, some of the some of the print runs on those cards. Now, the thing about Jared Stidham and Sam Darnold and Mariota, these guys have had spikes, and I think most rational people know that these guys aren't going to be pro bowlers. But Andy, all you need is that one spike week, baby, and you get that Mike White effect. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. You can think about, it, especially if it comes down the stretch. Uh, um, and, and let's say they are actually have a, a plus 500 record. They have a opportunity to make the playoffs. Maybe it's in a critical situation where he comes through clutch and has a much better performance than Russell Wilson. And, uh, then all of a sudden now you start, you start creating a hype, a hype train and to where, Prices can go up exponentially, like when you're getting a base prism PSA 10 for $10. That's a card that someone would easily pay $50 for. Or maybe you're getting a uh, a prism silver rookie auto PSA 10 for $59. That's a card someone will easily pay $200 for. So you can see where the three x the three four x multipliers come from, and it, I see why it's so appealing to guys like Chad because he can. 
he can fire a lot of bullets, right? He can buy some Stidham, buy some Mariota, maybe some Winston, and have a lot of different exposure. And if even just one guy goes off, he's looking at a 3-4x on that investment, which kind of pays for the other guys. And the other guys are still backups in the league with future opportunities. And there's certain rare cards that come up for auction that don't come up very often. And if the player's obscure right now, then it does make sense to go ahead and, and shell out that uh, that $20 or $50 bill to get that rare card of this quarterback that you know is going to have that 3-4x potential of return on investment. I'll, I'll say this. I just think the NFL right now is just so loaded at the quarterback position, more so in the AFC than in the NFC. It's just hard for any QB to, you know, that math, massive, massive upside. Right. So I, I just think Kitty Pickett is just very risky just in general. Uh, the film guys don't love him. The analytics community is not in love with him either. Um, even though, you know, he's got good weapons, you know, you, you'll take his receivers tight in Arby's and he's got some really good pieces there and he's got a great coach. Just just not there now. Let's take a look at some of these questions here, Andy. Let's go to Eli. Uh, who wants to chat some RBs, okay? Ramadre Stevenson and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Andy, I, I'll let you go first here on, on Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, okay, yeah. Kenny Gainwell, I actually really like. Think about it. He is an incredibly hard worker. We saw Nick Sirianni wearing the Gainwell shirts in the pressers last year. Okay. We saw Gainwell showing up early, featuring him, staying late, working with the offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to uh, bring guys like that up with him. And when you look at the work ethic and the fragility and injury history of both DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, who's already rumored, apparently Rashad Penny's rumored to be injured potentially already. Right. I don't know. Um, but they basically got him for free. He's on an absolutely nothing salary of like 300 k DeAndre Swift is free. He's a, a fourth-round conditional pick. So Kenny Gamewell and Boston Scott are really – kind of like they're anchors in that RB room. And if they don't bring in another veteran running back, I definitely think that leads uh, right away to more opportunities for Gainwell. He's also showed to be a great receiver uh, going back to his time at Memphis. He's actually quite a good running back at Memphis. He had a 1,500-yard season, if I remember correctly. It was very close to 1,500 yards at Memphis in one of his uh, final years there. So the guy's got absolute uh, potential to be a much bigger contributor and he's been very durable. Uh, so I think that he's a guy that you can get super cheap on a very powerful team that could come out of uh, obscurity, come out from deeper on the depth chart and emerge as a bigger role and potentially have like a run kind of like, you know, look at what Lombardi Lenny did for Tampa Bay right. a couple of years back in the playoff run. If a running back has a run like that, man, we saw his prices go to all time highs. That was his peak. And it could be a similar situation Gamewell's in this year. Uh, I'll chat a little bit about Ramadre here. I, I don't think this team is going to be that good, but he definitely could be very dominant uh, this year with, you know, the lion's share of the carries. Now, you know, Belichick, he's always a running back by committee guy, but I could see Bill O'Brien running the wheels off of Stevenson this year and him having a massive, massive season. I've taken him some in some underdog drafts uh, in the two three turn, but man, I, mm, I I I like Ramadre's talent. I just don't 
love this offense. Let's get to another question here. Uh, I can sellier one. Can you recommend some RB card specific, i.e. prism, silver, etc., to target? Sure. Uh, I will say, and I'll, I'll use, I'll answer this question, but also mention in there Ramadre Stevenson. So rookie ticket autos, I think are a beautiful sweet spot, especially for like 2021. I would try and focus on optic contenders, uh, rookie ticket autos. They have a, a thicker card stock, um, a little bit less edge and corner damage on those cards. We've seen some Ramadre Stevenson just in the past couple of days go for a pretty cheap Carter, 20 and 30 bucks. He's an interesting not hold through the season because I do think that this is a total uphill battle, like losing season for the Patriots. But if they don't pick up a a seasoned running back, if they don't dra- if they don't pick up one of the Leonard Fournettes out there or the Zeke Elliott's uh, kind of guys, then that does like spell for a much bigger role, like a, a true bell cow role, like you're talking about for Ramadre Stevenson with Kevin Harris and uh, Pierre Strong to kind of. Um, just kind of give them breathers and stuff. So I could see that with how good he is all purpose. And there looks like there's a little bit of juice to squeeze. And I think his, he could have a bump in value. It's interesting to see where his ADP is compared to his values right now. But um, I digress. The cards specific that I would target Carter for like a guy like Gainwell or Stevenson 2021 rookie ticket autos. I also like optic rated rookie on card autos. Those are um, incredibly liquid, incredibly popular cards. A lot of times serial numbered. You do have prism silvers, which are nice entry level. I would maybe even look at uh, something that's serial numbered. I, I would prefer you to pick up a five to $10 serial numbered rookie card where it clearly indicates rookie on the front of the card with a rookie card shield or rated rookie logo. And, and then from there, you can kind of work your way up. National Treasures, uh, uh, Flawless, Immaculate. Those are the three most uh, premium brands in the hobby. Those are going to have the mo- the highest average resale value. And um, if you can find like a, a Kenneth Gamewell, for example, Immaculate, that's an RPA out of 99 with an on-card rookie auto uh, that has a couple colors in the patch, for like $20, $30, that's an incredible steal, Carter. Right. So I also say this. Running backs are just so volatile in fantasy, in real life, and in football cards, right? My response to this also would be, are you a fan of any certain running back? Like we, we obviously have a Jonathan Taylor super collector. He, he doesn't care if Jonathan Taylor's you know career just doesn't work out. He's still going to love the cards because he's a fan of but if you're looking, you know, for just straight up flipping, you're just not going to have as much like infinite upside, if you will, uh, if, if if that makes sense. So I, I wouldn't I, I think receivers and quarterbacks just in general are easier. But if you can get running backs like our guy Chad did at 611 out the door, that is just absolutely crazy. Let's go to James talking about one of my all time favorite uh, players here, Alvin Kamara. He dis- he does get the. You know, the not, no contest earlier today uh, in Vegas. We still don't know if he is going to be suspended or not. Andy, this is very different than the other running backs uh, that we have talked about up to this point because AK is expensive. Uh, he just is. I tried to him and I just couldn't ever really get around to it. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I... 
I don't know if he's necessarily a, a, a buy, if you will. Yeah, it's not a buy for me either, uh, just because, you know, I would, okay, so there, there is, it's interesting for 2017, the rare cards, the, the rookie autograph cards, or the serial number cards, they do get very expensive very quickly. We're talking, you know, when those national treasures, Alvin Kamara, that you could get for Kenny Gamewell for like $50 are now in that $500 range type for Alvin Kamara because of the scarcity around 2017 product. Uh, and, and that's the big difference there. And the fact that Alvin Kamara, if you go back to, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, he was an elite running back going in the first round uh, in, in the top five of his position. So people were buying him at a high level and, and those people are, are definitely holding them and wanting to make that money on them. And, and so the cards that are making their way out are more expensive. Plus, he's he's getting ready to turn 28. You know, he's now approaching that 10,000 carry mark. Uh, I know that he's been profiled a little bit more as a receiver, so I'm not sure of the exact numbers of how close he is to that, but just the fact that he is 28, he has shown he does have some knucklehead factor in him, which scares the scares the hell out of me, Carter. Um, nice. I still think he probably gets a slap on the wrist for this. Maybe it's just a four- or six-game suspension. But I imagine that they probably have to do do something about it at this day and age, even if it's a few games. And I just like, like if you look at the Saints as a whole, the attention now is going to be how, you know, how well is Derek Carr playing with Chris Olave? Michael Thomas is back, and they also drafted Kendra Miller, who a lot of people are excited about. They also brought in Jamal Williams, so it's no longer just about. Alvin Kamara, I think you're going to have a lot more excitement shift to these younger players on the Saints. And for me, he's like in the sell category or sell heading into the season. If you can get, if you can get, this is what's interesting about 2017, Carter. If you can get a a base prism, uh, which is silver out of the standard for rookies in 2017 for a couple dollars, there's a pretty good. PSA 10 hit rate. I think that card is pretty liquid and you probably will be able to sell it for 10 to 15. It's just how much time do you want to spend doing uh, flipping cards at that level? If you have the time and you're trying to build a bankroll and you don't have a lot of money to get started with, then I could see you wanting to get a little bit of exposure to some 2017 prism rookies of Alvin Kamara for under $5. I mean, right. it's, it's a, it's a potential flip, but it's not like anything that I would say avoid. I, I'm avoiding totally mid and long term. I think Alvin could still play. I, I objectively speaking, I think he can still go out there and put together elite production. I I don't think his age cliff is is going to be as 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 big as others because when he has played, he has been truly transcendent. He he at his absolute peak. Let me ask you this, Andy. At his absolute peak, do you think he is closer to, let's say, like a Ladanian Tomlinson, or do you think he's like closer to like a, I don't know, like a Curtis Martin, if you will? I I would say at his yeah. peak, he reminded me of of LT. Is I mean, he would just run by people. He could catch out of the backfield, and yeah, he was playing with Drew Brees and and Sean Payton and and all of that. But did he not look transcendent? clear-cut Hall of Fame good when he was at his absolute peak. Yeah, he's very elusive, right? I, and again, Alvin Kamara's got that finesse, and he had great vision. 
so right. and vision is something that's not going to just uh, disappear overnight. Like he's going to have that vision for the rest of his career. And I think that vision goes a long way, being able to quickly read what the defense is giving you, where the holes are at and how to uh, evade a tackle as it's approaching you and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think the question is, uh, is Derek Carr, and, and Derek Carr definitely is going to be dumping the ball off a, a, a lot. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of, of receiving opportunities for Alvin Kamara if he's playing as well. So it comes down to like, how well does his body hold up? You know, because right. he has missed time the past three years now. I mean, he's missed a little bit of time, never like a lot of time, but he's missed a, a no, little bit of time hurt. each year. But but what I would also say is he does have a six touchdown game in his career. So we know he can have a spike week where he's the guy. Like everybody knows that he won everybody their fantasy matchup for that week. He won people on underdog fantasy, a lot of best ball points, and people are going to want his cards, right? It's just how it works. I mean, Andy, you look at this stuff every week. He does have that in his repertoire. So there is some upside for him to have like one of these one-week games where he, he looks like he's got it back, and people are going to go look for his cards. And something else about him, yes, this charge – and and this incident, especially with it being caught on video, you know, he's been really good off the field up to that point. And okay. there, there, it, it, the guy, obviously, this is going to sound like me defending, uh, you know, one of uh, a player that I like a lot, but it's it's true. The guy was people that have been to Vegas know that there are some people that like to start stuff. It's uh, especially if they know a superstar athlete who. You know, Alvin Kamara's got like this superstar drip. He's got the, you know, the grill and everything like that. I think people will forgive him. I do. And I think people overall like him uh, in general. He looks cool. Uh, his interviews are great. He's interesting. Uh, he's, he's, he's partnered with NASCAR. I mean, he's done all these very marketable things. He has his own cereal. Um, and, and I think the Saints have a chance to, to, to be a decent team. The issue, though, is Kendra Miller. And the issue as well, Andy, is Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, coaches love them some Jamal Williams. And they're going to feed him a lot. I, I really do think uh, Alvin Kamara is going to have some serious competition in the backfield. So you might not get those spike weeks. But for me, I, I do think it is within the realm of possibility that he has one of these massive, massive weeks. But we'll move on uh, to uh, uh, another topic here let's go yeah, i just want to point out no, no, carter ahead. a 26 dollar uh silver prism psa 10 rookie of alvin kamara for uh 26 bucks is wow. a snipe you know wow okay snipe, so man. so maybe maybe i was wrong i've just not i you corrected me here that's not expensive at all now i'm wanting to go 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 see yeah oh my no goodness. there's pockets right now there is definitely Dude, pockets of that's... value uh, that can be taken advantage of for sure. Okay, I just normally look at autos. I should have looked for these other things. Oh man, this is my this is my buy window right now, Andy. Oh my goodness! I yeah, love it's just you know it's a staple. It's a gold standard from 2017. It is an old PSA slab, but who cares? You know, it's a PSA 10, and it's well under market value. Uh, the peak for that card, you know, I mean, anywhere in the last year, closer to a hundred dollars. So, um, I like that. yeah, that was an easy snipe. 
yeah, I only look for for autos now, but maybe I should just look for uh, silver. And I also just like his autograph. That, I'm a big stickler for that. I think he's got a very clean auto. Uh, so there you go. Now, um, let, we'll answer this before we go into our next topic because Family Birdliner's been rocking with us. A backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Andy, I'm going to give you two questions here. Number one, do you think AR is starting week one? And number two, do you think there is a potential Gardner Minshew get some playing time this year at all? Uh, I do think Anthony Richardson is starting uh, week one, and I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to get any starting time unless Anthony Richardson gets hurt. Right. So, and and that's just based on like Shane Steichen is not going to be on the hot seat. And, you know, they can they can suck all year long and they can blame it on a rookie quarterback and uh, first first year in the building and in the organization. So I, I think that there's going to be a fairly long leash there. He'll at least get a second year. And uh, based on the draft capital, they invested in him and, and how he's been able to develop around a rushing quarterback and a, a rushing attack with the quarterback and the run pass option. And Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to help that out because he's such a good running back. So I, you know, you got to hold these. I would say reach out to me if you want. If you want to buy or sell them, I'll uh, okay. I'll definitely buy them from you and hold them. He's still got a he's still got a fan base. His stuff's going to be really cheap, but I do think there's there's a time where he's going to get a starting opportunity. May not be this year. May not be. Uh, it may not be till next year, or the year after that, but he'll probably become, you know, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick journeyman moving around the league. He'll get into a spot where he's on a, a big time team that gets an opportunity when a starter goes down. I mean, he Minshew's the kind of guy that could like like uh, Nick Foles in uh, in 2017 can lead a team to a Super Bowl, you know. So I will say this. Uh... I do a lot of film studies uh, in my full-time job. And there is an OC in Europe that, that helps me out with like really advanced play design. So if I see a playing Indy and, you know, I'm not an OC or a QB, I'll send it to him uh, and he'll, he'll break it down. What he thinks should have happened on a play. His favorite quarterback in the NFL is Gardner Minshew. He just likes the way he plays. He likes the way he runs the offense and he still thinks that he's got a Nick Foles in him at some point in his career. Uh, and that was, he obviously made that analogy last year when Minshew was on the Eagles and he played respectably. He played respectably well. Um, now they didn't win those games, but he, he was, he was solid. He was absolutely solid. So um, there you go. Now we get into the next topic, Andy, which is, and uh, we always like to get to this in the, in the middle here, as far as like football card releases, uh, you know, is there anything that has really stood out to you as far as new cards that are hitting the market? 2023 Chronicles draft picks, baby. Uh, I just got a notification yesterday that my hobby box has shipped. So it has uh, hit the market. And this is going to be a very hot product for the incoming rookie class. The Donruss Elite release. That we were talking about last week with the pen pals and the turn of the century autos that that are like literally the first pro uniform sets that's been postponed now to like mid-august they moved that back um and the panini chronicles draft picks there is uh it's it's hitting the market this week so expect a lot of that supply like don't 
it's 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 very important and this could kind of parlay into a hobby tip of the week carter yeah, it's, it's very important to to be careful when you're buying cards from brand new sets because it's it's hard to get a good accurate idea of the supply um of what any given non-serial number card is so it's easier it's easier to target the serial number cards and the more rare cards but those are going to be even more expensive because everybody's after those and it, it, you know, even when you compare that of a brand new rookie to a guy from a couple of years ago, there's going to be a difference there. So I would say if you can, like if, if you're not in a, a break or something, you're targeting the singles like we like to do. I mean, I would kind of advocate you, you just be very careful. It's got to be patient. Yeah, there's, you know, the the silvers, right? That's always been a big thing for me, Andy. Like the silver of any version of any card is just always going to be one that people like. And I'm talking about just the base silver. The issue with that, Andy, is those cards are hardly ever numbered. And I mean hardly ever. So it's always an issue for me. That's why, you know, I just like numbered cards in general, but that really is. Uh, a, a good tip and as you can see on the screen or if you're just listening to this via audio we are showing you uh some some chronicles andy that's that's already hit the uh the the the, the bay baby yeah yeah um so you can see there's a lot of different sets that actually get put into chronicles like these impeccables uh here's a riley moss impeccables uh blue draft picks rookie auto out of 125 that is a sticker auto too, and you can see it's selling for twenty five dollars. I mean, um, this this God. card from a couple of years ago, it's just a, a it turns into like a dollar or five dollar bin right. card kind of thing. Um, the Jameer Gibbs, this is this is a cool one because twelfth overall pick here, Jameer Gibbs, uh, twenty twenty three Chronicles draft pick Zenith. It is ver uh, horizontally formatted, does have two colors, red and white, with the Alabama patch, forty three dollars. Uh, 01 out of 25. That's that's um, actually, I think, reasonable for the scarcity, but it is sticker auto, and, and we are talking still college uniform here. Uh, and this one specifically doesn't mention the Lions anywhere on it. So uh, right. it does have the University of Alabama, which which is okay. nice. So this was I, this was actually supposed to be my hobby tip of the week two, two weeks ago, but I kind of forgot about it. But now that it's on the top of my mind, I'm going to give it out right now. All right, so Jameer Gibbs, all right, this card is serial numbered 1 to 25, all right? Unfortunately, with the way he's angled on here, you can't see his jersey number, but he wore number 1 uh, at Alabama. So this is technically a jersey number match card. Now, this patch is probably not from anything. Flipping around, Andy, I don't even think that this is uh, event-worn or player-worn. And obviously, the second thing here. And this is a big thing as well for, you know, hobby tip. Um, I don't think this is as big of a deal, but for a lot of collectors, it is. Go back to the front of this card, Andy, and you'll see that the autograph here is running off the sticker. Okay, so you don't have this problem with the on-card autos, but you unfortunately do with stickers. Uh, you see that marker is also kind of, you know, streaking there at the end. That's something that you also don't want. But Andy, uh, just really quickly here. Give people a little insight on sticker autos that run off the sticker. Yeah, it's just not going to grade a ten. Um, right. You, if you were to grade the auto, which definitely don't want to on this card, uh, it's definitely not going to get a ten anytime the auto runs off the sticker. 
if Carter, if you had to give Gibbs uh, this card and hit well, his autograph in general, a penmanship score, what would it be out of 10? I'd give that a good solid seven and a half. Really? That's generous, man. A seven yeah, and a half. I was going to give it more like a five and a half. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, and, and we've talked about this at length, right? The autos just uh, normally early autos are, are better, but now they're just getting worse and worse and worse. But this will be my major point here. And this is my hobby tip of the week. I know it's in the middle. So Jameer Gibbs's jersey number for the Lions right now, Andy, is number 26. Okay. Now, this is going to be interesting. I don't think he is going to stick with number 26. I just don't. I think this rookie season, he could wear uh, number 26 for the rest of the year. But I also think, let, let's just say for some reason his jersey number doesn't change before the season. I think he could change his jersey number next year, right? Because skill position guys like the single-digit number. They just do, right? So B. John Robinson, for instance, he wore number five at Texas. Drake London already had number five for the Lions, so he picked number seven, right? So more, more – more than likely, Bijan Robinson's going to stay with number seven the whole time he's with the Falcons. I don't think Jameer Gibbs is going to stick with number 26. So that is something I would keep an eye out for if you are a Gibbs fan. I know we have some Lions uh, fans and believers uh, on this channel. I know Hector is a big, big Lions uh, believer on this channel. Uh, just keep an eye out for that because now that players can get single-digit numbers, they're skilled guys, so tight ends, receivers, and uh, running backs, DBs, whatever. That is something just uh, to keep an eye out for. But still, um, Andy, overall, I, I, I like what I've seen from, from Chronicles. Yeah, and looking at this data right here, because here's a Bijan Robinson wow. from the same set, same uh, subsidiary set, Zenith. Uh, and it's no, this one's actually numbered out of 125 with a napkin patch, a plain color patch. You already know it's not from anything. The penmanship on Bijan Robinson here, Carl, what are you going to grade it out of 10? Oh, I, I, apparently I'm getting roasted in the comments here for, for my auto grade. I'm going to give I'm, I'm going to give score. I'm going to give it a so we're clear. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give Bijan. Uh, I'm going to give him a 6.5. I think it's better than Gibbs, but I'll give it a 6.5. I'm, I'm, I'm kind. I'm kind. Look, here's what, I, here's what I'll say. All right. I'm lucky to have met some of not this last rookie class, but more of the guys from yesteryear. They are not really interested in this, right? Now, they do get paid – Per autograph, right? So you, you'll get it, it depends on your draft capital, but you, you could get paid anywhere from 15 to 20 dollars per autograph. But you are signing a lot of stuff. Okay, so in the chat right now, type J for Jameer Gibbs, type B for Bijan Robinson. Who has a better auto? Type J for Jameer Gibbs, type B for Bijan Robinson. And like Steve points out, at least Bijan's on the sticker here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bijan's got the full auto on the signature. So it, uh, when you graded this out against all the Bijan autographs, this would be a 10 auto, but 
I think this is going to parlay perfectly into my play of the week. Why is Bijan Robinson on a more common card going for literally five times as more almost? Yeah, no, five times, five times as much, Carter, five times as much as Jameer Gibbs, who only was drafted four picks behind him and goes to a better offensive line. Clearly, the NFL market is recognizing this by putting them up against the Kansas City freaking Chiefs on opening uh, Thursday night game of the season. And Jameer Gibbs is going for five times less than B. John Robinson. I think there might be a little bit of, of, of um, undervaluing going on here with Jameer Gibbs. He might be going under the radar, Carter. Uh, in fact, I did buy one of his Bowman first chrome uh, yellow autos, my buy of the week, uh, numbered out of 75 for 35 with shipping. I ended up paying like $40 out the door. Um, but still, I think it was is a fine play when you compare the the disparity in his value compared to Bijan Robinson's. Yeah. So what am I missing? Is Bijan that much better? Also, you got a number to 25, two-color patch, and then <laughs> number to 125 on, on the other. It could be the auto. It could be uh, some shillage here. It could be a lot of different things. One other thing that scares me about B. John Robinson, you know, a lot of people have made uh, – I've been drafting a lot of David Montgomery. Uh, I think he's going to be really good this year for the Lions. I also think Andy people forget how good Tyler Algier was last year for for the for the Falcons. I, I Tyler you you don't believe you don't agree with me? Well, and, he was good he was good because of the Arthur Smith run scheme and the strength of their offensive line. So that's what I think the case I think that even strengthens though the Bijan Robinson case cuz like I feel like you don't draft a guy a number eight overall pick to not give him at least 250 carries in his rookie seat. I don't know. I mean, so well, you, you I, think that Tyler, I, th- I think here, here's my thing. If I were the Falcons, I would not have drafted B. John Robinson. I just would not have done it. I, if, if I'm getting good value out of Tyler Algier, let me ask you this Was Tyler Algier, a good running back last year. Well, uh, 4.9 yards per carry is not bad. That's not a, a, a very bad average. If I looked at some of his um, advancement, and this was the most run-heavy team in the NFL, uh, number one in run plays per game. But he, the thing is, he had a pretty big sample size. We're at 210 carries. And outside of the five yards per carry, which uh, ranked in the top 20, his actual – like. Um, all right, so let's look at his evaded tackles. It's actually not too bad, I guess. Top 15. Um, it, his EPA was actually a plus 5.4. It's a number 17. So I'm looking like he was okay. Was he stellar? No, but he was solid. Let's put it that way. He was solid. I love it. I also think Hector makes a good point about Gibbs. Uh, who did the Lions have to throw the football to outside of you know, I mean, Hawk isn't there. Jamison Williams ain't going to be there. I, I could. Who? Mar- Marvin Jones. They brought Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds are the number two and number three option on this offense. So that's, I don't know. Hector kind of talked me into Jameer Gibbs having a oh, massive. Yeah. So, so let me ask you. So, do you think Jameer Gibbs will be more productive than Bijan Robinson in year one? 
It's definitely possible because I think that he's everything that they wanted DeAndre Swift to be going back to Swift's rookie year whenever he did get a lot more opportunity in the in the rushing game as well. I think David Montgomery, he's, he's certainly going to be used in some high-value situations, some goal-line situations, um, and everything like that. But if you go back to um, DeAndre Swift's rookie year, he actually had 114 rush attempts in just 13 games. So that's a little bit more than 10 rush attempts. Uh, per. It's about 10 rush attempts per game, I guess, if you extrapolate that out, plus 46 receptions. So they're going to be giving him the 50 to 100 targets, most likely, this year. That's what I think, because Jared Goff's not mobile at all. He's going to dump it off to his running backs, and they're going to design plays around Jameer Gibbs to get him in space because he is so fast and so electric. I mean, we're looking at a guy that's faster than DeAndre Swift, and we saw how like electric DeAndre Swift could be um, in certain big-time plays. And then you also got no Jamison uh, Williams for the first six weeks. Yeah, you got a couple old dusty guys on the depth chart there, and I, I think that Jameer Gibbs is set up to put up like big time um, Alvin Kamara type numbers that we've seen in the past. Well, they, they were compared to each other a lot. Uh, I, so I will say this when Gibbs was coming out, there's some tweet that I had where, uh, you know, LSU but, but had talked to him briefly. And for those that don't know, Jameer Gibbs was a very productive running back on a very bad Georgia tech team. His first two years and then when he hit the portal, he was the most coveted player in the portal. And he went to Alabama and obviously he was a superstar. He's a really good player. Um, I love him. Uh, he was one of the best running backs I've seen coming out of high school. So it is interesting that I am just not more uh, bullish on, on him going into next year. I, I, I guess Monty is scaring me just a little too much. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's go to Chad here on, on a deeper cut RP, Jerome Ford. Obviously, I, I like him a little bit more when it comes to fantasy. Also, Andy, uh, Jerome Ford, another Alabama running back who transferred to Cincinnati um, uh, because of you know the backfield uh, competition that's always here at Alabama. So, Andy, your thoughts on, on Jerome Ford? Oh, love it, man, because he checks the boxes. 4-4-40-yard dash speed, 84th percentile height-adjusted speed score, and he's got, you know, rookie ticket autos for 5 to 10 bucks. I got a gold shimmer uh, prism rookie of his numbered out of 10 from a guy on Instagram um, for $15, Carter. Okay. And, you know, you, you can't beat that kind of price point on a guy with this kind of upside. If anything were to happen to Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford's going to smash. There's also just uh, a chance that Jerome Ford, without Kareem Hunt on the depth chart and Ernest Johnson not on the depth chart, I mean, you look at the the depth chart behind Jerome Ford. It's Demetric Felton, John Kelly, and Asan Hall. There's literally no competition behind him besides Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb, even though he is uh, a bell cow, one of the best rushers in terms of efficiency and broken tackles, evaded tackles in the league, he can't handle it all. And this is a uh, a run-heavy team. Kevin Stefanski loves to establish the run to set up, try and make things a little bit easier for Deshaun Watson. He gets going to the kind of forced into those shootout scenarios. And um, I think Jerome Ford has got serious potential. Just like – 
think about it. Even if he gets like a Kareem Hunt type of workload, he can convert that into some decent efficiency, put up maybe close to 10 touchdowns or something, who knows. Um, and then next this time next year, all of a sudden he's going in like the seventh, eighth round where Kareem Hunt used to go in fantasy drafts compared to the very end of the draft this year. And just because of that, there, there's the subsequent demand spike in his rookie cards. All of a sudden, those rookie ticket autos are going for 20 to 30. So I, I, I like him not only for this season, but I also like him for heading into next season. Right now, I'm heading into next season as well. Uh, really quickly here, Frank Antonio Gibson for the Washington Commanders. Uh, this is a guy that's gotten a lot of fantasy love, and he is truly talented. Also, like Kenneth Gainwell from uh, Memphis, and Antonio Gibson. Uh, a lot of people love what Washington did this offseason, uh, going to get uh, an offensive coordinator that's won two Super Bowls. Comes over from the Andy Reid coaching tree, Eric Bieniemy, and yeah, you know Antonio Gibson. Heck, is he's got he's got Gibbs in his name, right? What better way than to break out for Washington? Uh, it should it should be interesting. And what what do you think about that 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 Commanders backfield? Yeah, you know they really like Brian Robinson too, man. I mean, look at the You're opportunity right. Brian Robinson got with a uh, gunshot wound in his ass, you know, last year, and and he still was back out there within like seven weeks after being shot back on the field and uh, getting getting snaps and carries. So you could kind of. You know, say that was that was a reason for kind of his poor efficiency, but he definitely got the opportunity. He's going to get volume. We know that um, the coaching staff. It seems like Ron Rivera doesn't really care for Antonio Gibson a whole lot. Um, he gets in the doghouse very easily. If Antonio Gibson has any fumbles in the preseason uh, or maybe even training camp, I mean, he could be right back in the doghouse. So I'm really hoping he holds on to that ball because his athletic profile is incredible i mean he's so explosive he's so dynamic he's got so few carries on his legs it's mostly receiving work and uh, the guy is is electric going back to his rookie season where he had some really nice breakout games uh, i would love to see him get back there i've got some uh, some antonio gibson rookie cards i know he's got the potential but um it is a slippery slope for him for sure one and out for for the commanders is Chris Rodriguez coming in from Kentucky. C-Rod was a tackle-breaking machine in the most brutal conference in America. So just keep an eye out for Chris Rodriguez as a deep, deep, deep cut. Not a whole lot of his autos out there. Obviously, a lot of Leaf stuff, and uh, you know there wasn't really any draft capital there at all. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really like C-Rod as a deep cut because he's just good. And he's one of those banks that coaches love. A grinder could do a little bit of everything. So there you go. Now, Andy, um, you know, I always, you know, I'm pointing out questions, picking topics and all of that. I, I'm going to let you just discuss whatever you want to talk. Uh, you, 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 you're, you're, the, you're the brains of this whole operation. So, uh, yeah, is there anything on your football card mind? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking at these 2023 Chronicles results. This is the first time for me that I'm really digging into it. Right off the bat, I'm noticing there is a big difference between Bijan Robinson rookie auto stuff and uh, like this Optic Hollow draft picks uh, rated rookie. 
yeah. for thirteen fifty seven ninety nine. I think those are fair market values for those yeah. cards. They'll probably settle around like five dollars per card long term. Whereas those rookie autos, obviously, as you can see, more of the market is prioritizing their dollars on those type of cards. So that's a, a big takeaway. The other takeaway, uh, Carter, is just like the whole collection aspect. Because look at this Aaron Rodgers Spectra out of 75 that's sold for $5. Now, it's not much, but then up here I've got a uh, Lamar Jackson Spectra draft picks red out of 49 Just pretty cards, you know, a $16 card. It's uh, it's interesting to see those veteran um, serial number cards that have those nice designs sell for more than just a couple dollars as well. I like it. I, I really do. I, I'm going to go look to see if I can um... – get some sealed product of this in the next couple of weeks and, and rip it some, uh, you know, I could still walk into, you know, my local Walmart and, and grab some Bowman U. I'm still a big Bowman U guy because of my love for, for tops. Uh, so, uh, there you go. And Travis makes a point that you've made before Andy spectra being a, a little underrated. I, I, I agree with that, Travis. Yeah, there's there's some diehard Spectra fans out there for sure. And as you can see, there's a lot of buy it nows from this new set of veteran Spectra cards. And I think that goes back to people wanting to set build Spectra. I mean, I, I just kind of visualized myself having like a binder of nothing but Spectra or maybe a wall or uh, just like a whole shelf that's nothing but Spectra would look really, really nice. Yeah, I mean, we're talking thick cards that have a lot of beautiful chrome uh color textures and i mean really really cool looking cards and in the last couple of years they've done like these really cool swirl designs and stuff and um they're they're interesting this this one really interests me as well this chase brown i do want to get your take on him carter because you know behind joe mixon i look at chase brown as the next man up joe mixon another 2017 running back that's had a, a recent run-in with the law and, and who knows if he gets you know suspended at any point doesn't look like he will this year kind of like Kamara didn't last year but um, Chase Brown behind him really interests me man when I watch his highlight film I mean he looks really good man he looks really explosive Derek's not very high on him out there you know dynasty expert Derek but um yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like throwing some some flyers on some Chase Brown here before the season starts. I do too, especially if there's some legal stuff that comes along with Alvin. I mean, I'd say Alvin Kamara, uh, uh, Joe Mixon. What I would say, obviously, that that differentiates Mixon and 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 AK is Mixon's had a lot of it, right? So there's always that risk of something else uh, happening with with Joe Mixon where uh, it's it's a little bit different where, you know, AK's had this one run-in. So, yeah, Chase Brown, if you, if you can get him really cheap, he, he kind of becomes a guy in Cincy unless I, I just feel Cincy's going to make a move in the running back market. There's no way that they feel comfortable with their run. I could see a Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette signing with them in the next few weeks or them going to go get somebody else. Now – like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Cody, another super chat. He is a big supporter, and we're going to get to meet him in a few weeks. Let's go, Cody. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You just made me think uh, that Leonard Fournette's going to sign with the Bengals before the season starts with the whole LSU connection there. 
All right, and, and Cody's an LSU guy as well. So here's his Super Chat. I have a nice Spectra, even a KP one of one. I've seen it. It is very nice. But I just can't hold Spectra for a, a long time in fear of market hype. So he only holds Prism Optic for long periods. Andy, your thoughts? Well, I'm curious what, what he means um, about market hype. So I think what he means by this is that the current market is more hype for Spectra but that long term, those Spectra fans will kind of fall out of the, the hobby. And like five to 10 years from now, we look back on this uh, last few year time period. Uh, we'll, Spectra will kind of be devalued, uh, like when the dust settles kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that. Like for me, I'm, I'm not a big Origins guy. I do like Spectra. I don't have a whole lot of it. Uh, one thing I just love about Spectre is they're mostly numbered cards, and that's just something I love. But I do agree with, with Cody. If you are looking at a card in terms of like just investment for long term, Prism and Optic, um, for me in particular, Optic, because of that rated rookie logo, it's just going to have just so much more long term uh, value. So I totally get that. I, I really, really, really do. Um, and we appreciate you, Cody, in a major way. So y'all throw some clap emojis in the chat for Cody, throw, showing some love for us for the Card Quest uh, National Fund here. Really appreciate it. Andy's gonna take this five bucks and 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 look to snipe at a, a, an Alvin Kamara rated rookie here. There we go. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We sure appreciate you, Cody. Actually, I'm looking at these Joey Porter Juniors. Like, this is the guy, going back to the very beginning of the live stream, talking about the Steelers brand, man. The Steelers really know how to propel a guy's rookie card values into uh, another level, man, into a stratosphere. And I think that this this cat right here, Joey Porter Jr., drafted at the end of the first round, or is it the end of the first or beginning of the second? Um, with his storyline, his dad playing for the Steelers and everything, and it right. just got so many, uh, so many, such a good story around him that I think his cards have some serious potential. If he gets one interception or like one nice sack or tackle in the backfield, all of a sudden his stuff's gonna go crazy. <laughs> Let's go to Mr. T, uh, Andy. Does Mosaic have legs, or will it be a short-term niche product? Well, this is the thing because, and this kind of goes back to Spectra, right? I look back at 2014, 2015 tops, or even 2013, 2011, um, you know, 2012 tops, and look at the sets because they not only had base tops, you had tops chrome, you had tops supreme, you had tops platinum, you had tops finest. So you could basically go and look at those sets and compare. Um, I think basically like a tops platinum was similar to a mosaic and then a top supreme was similar to a select and a top's finest you could compare to uh one of these one of these other sets you know just kind of uh kind of like a spectra but uh, thinner card stock but anyway i digress uh, so i think if you look at those sets now the short print inserts that are truly short print that have like they're hard to find listings of and then there's the serial numbered cards and the autograph cards in combination with some of those other factors still hold really good values if the player is relevant. And I think that's what's going to be the common denominator. It's going to apply to Select. Um, it's going to apply to Mosaic. It's going to apply to Spectra. I think those will be the common denominator. And then you'll have still pockets of people 
that insist on set building a specific set. And I guarantee you there's uh, select set builders, there's um, spectra set builders, and that's what their main goal is. Go to Ryan. He says, I see Mosaic as Prism's ugly sister. Ah, I love it. I, I've, I have been giving away more of my Mosaic uh, PC of certain LSU guys on my channel. I gave away one of my favorite Patrick Queen ones not too long uh, ago. And, yeah, I, I've kind of faded my love for Mosaic. Part of what, you know, really for me pushed Mosaic, Andy, was they were the new product and they were coming out right when the football card hype was really beginning. So I, I still think it's in like the top five sets, but I, I can see Mosaic fading some too. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think we've already seen both Mosaic and um, Select. You know, they, they they haven't faded totally, but they definitely have fallen into that mid-tier uh, category of cards. They're not quite at the level of, like, Rookies and Stars. Um, um, what's – oh, man, it was right on the tip of my tongue. But, like, uh, score. Illusions. Yeah. Score, definitely. Right. Yes, XR. XR is the set I was, th I was thinking of. Yeah. XR, Unparalleled. Prestige. Um, you know, those kind of sets. Yeah, Prestige. They're not quite at the level – of those sets, but they're in like a mid-tier category. They're not at the level of optic or prism or an optic contenders, or even like uh I would say a base Donruss rated rookie is in that mid-tier of with mosaic and select. But at the same time, the rated rookie logo is just so powerful. Once you get that in a PSA 10 slab, man, it's it's like uh you know, it's super liquid. I, it's the most liquid thing I can think of in, in the hobby. Whenever the, like, mosaic, what was it, the the honeycomb mosaic? Was that a thing? I'm, I'm just trying to – I think that is a thing, honeycomb. It's a thing, but I don't buy them, man, because I don't – it doesn't stand out to me at all. Like, you're telling me it's kind of like a gold card but not serial numbered and – you added some little lines in the background and I'm not digging it. You know, I'm like, I always like, cause I think people want to sell them for a little bit too much. They want 60 to $80 for uh, honeycombs on a lot of relevant players. And I'm just like, nah, I, I can't do that. If it had a serial number on it, maybe out of 49 or something, then yeah, I'd, I'd make me maybe make a move, but without it, I'm, I'm not. Let's go to uh, another super chat. I think this could be a record for for, for super chats in here. Y'all show some clap emojis in the chat for Sty FB cards. Sean Payton in Denver is looking. Oh, oh, okay. Sean Payton in Denver is looking for his AK. Does he have it on the roster? So let's talk some Javante. Let's talk to some Samaje, Andy. Yeah, man, Samaje. I mean, he's just he's a solid little little tank of a guy, man. But he's just never gonna get the hype to, um, to, to really do anything in the card market. I, I think he's solid for football purposes, and that's why they picked him up. I think they're also really hopeful that Javante Williams is gonna be back uh, midway in the season because Javante Williams has got a very um, promising NFL outlook. I mean, he he led the league in his rookie year and forced missed tackles per touch and so they're really hopeful to get him back he also has those soft hands able to catch but Samaj P Ryan Tyler Batty Tony Jones Mike Burton 
And they definitely don't have an Alvin Kamara on this roster. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year football card-wise for Brees Hall as well. Uh, that's someone else, Andy, you, you, you've been active with. Yeah, I do. I, th- I do think his start's a little slow. You also compare that with the fact that the Jets have the most difficult start to the season out of any team in the NFL, uh, playing the likes of like the Bills and the Patriots and the Chargers and the Cowboys. Like Their, their opening four games is just absolutely insane, Carter. And so I got to think that that's obviously going to be showcased um, around – Aaron Rodgers in the passing game and they don't want to just kind of like throw Brees all straight to straight to the wolves there. So yeah, I think he does get a little bit slower start to the season. And and by the end of the season, the playoff time period is when his stuff gets the hottest. You'll see it all year. All right. It's time for play of the week. We'll answer a few more questions after this. Andy, I, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit more of like a structural play of the week. I have been, loving and collecting some cheap refractor cards from like the 90s 2000s and all of that for this reason i i have been and you can kind of see it in the background here i've been putting just like cheap raw cards of some of my favorite players just out with no one touch no penny sleeve or top loader like a four dollar drew Brees refractor and i got a uh Steve McNair and Dante Culpepper refractor right here. They just look good just with nothing on them. Just raw, baby. Everything in life is better is just raw, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So mm-hmm. as you as you can see, I just have it out and about. Okay, now I know I don't have kids. I do have a dog that could, you know, knock it off. But, you know, if the card falls over, it falls over. But, I mean, it just kind of – I don't know if you can see it. It just kind of pops. Right, it just out of the out of the case. So, if you are a super fan of just any player and you want to put uh, just a raw card on a little easel or, or card holder, or whatever, I have really enjoyed it. It is it has made me uh, it has made me happy. I don't I don't know exactly why that is because I don't I don't have to stress about is the 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 uh, I don't have to stress about it falling over. It, it's not I'm out four or five bucks, but I could still put the card out there. It's something I'm just going to keep. So uh, do it. I guarantee it. If you're a fan of Peyton or anyone, you can get like a cheap three or $4 tops refractor, one that looks really cool and uh, put it up there raw. And, and I, I guarantee it, it, it looks better out of that one touch. You might think less of me because I'm doing that, Andy, because that's, you should never do that with any kind of card that you truly do care about, but I'm doing it and I, I've enjoyed it. I yeah yeah no I think it's fine you know do it do it uh, no you hate feel I knew, good I there man hate it I knew you would hate it I knew it I knew it huh huh uh, I knew it hey there's only there's there's only a couple ways to display your cards so you know it, it it's more sentimental value to you and I think the having the sentimental value displayed so that you can kind of like easily see it on a daily basis i think is is more important at this point all right play of the week andy yeah it's it's jameer gibbs jameer gibbs baby it's jameer gibbs season he's going so undervalued uh look at his adp on underdog is uh third pick 39 and he just 
there's too way too much disparity there him being him at the number 12 overall pick there's so much upside that we could potentially be looking at there there are paths for him to easily finish as a top five uh running back in the nfl this year as a rookie that went to alabama and the 12th overall pick like it's just insane um so you know I'm looking at the Lions and now that people are probably going to uh, – I think they're kind of in that wait-and-see approach. Like they're going to make the Lions prove it to them. And right. I think you're you're going to be on the wrong end of it at that point because we've already seen the Jared Goff prices go up so much. So now they're, we're like in a little pocket where there's value on Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, definitely want to have some exposure. I'll handcuff Gibbs to David Montgomery in the card market um, so that way I know I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna hit big on one of those bad boys this year and probably add me a, a, a nice little Amon Ross St. Brown card in there as well. But there's just too much, too much disparity between Gibbs and Bijan right now for me not to invest in Gibbs. He just it's just a smash play, man. Looking at the numbers and I, I got caught up and I missed out on my Chris Rodriguez snipe. Uh, I hate you, Andy, because because of this show. I missed out on getting a Chris Rodriguez lot, but I, I'm with you. You guys talked me into Jameer Gibbs today, so there you go. You're you're you're, you're making me feel uh, you're making me feel a little bit better about Jameer Gibbs going into to next year. Uh, let's go to Chad. Chad saying raw dog and cards. It's hardcore, baby. It's only, life, it's only life you can live, baby. You got to live your life hardcore, baby. Let's go. Kaiser go Sose. Go home. There you go. That's that's, that's literally. Uh, Kaiser Sose, will Malik Willis start? No. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. No, he won't. He won't start unless they're absolutely desperate at the position. Will Levis will start all day over over him. Um, I mean, look, Tennessee moved up in the second round to get Will Levis, and they're definitely going to start him over Malik Willis, who looked absolutely flustered, not ready at all to handle the NFL um, last year. Whenever he got starting opportunities. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Malik guy. I mean when he played it was it was not good. It was not good at all. So um so yeah, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. He might need a fresh start. Uh he, I mean he, he kind of got a raw deal. You know, the next year you get selected, they take, you know, another quarterback in the second round that also slid as well. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think one thing, though, if you do want to look for some Malik Willis and you can get him for super duper cheap, maybe there is like a potential spike in his cards if he were to go to a team that has very good quarterback development. Right. So let's say, you know, going into next year, for some reason, the Eagles take a flyer on him. There might be a little bump. Uh, in his prices in so if they get so low that i can you know get in there sure i'll I'll go after it but uh as of right now just stop let's go um let's go to jay robinson here nationals is almost here i plan on buying but mostly selling any negotiation chips uh tips yeah i think the first question you ask somebody after you you know say hello introduce yourself is how much do you want for this? 
and put the ball in their court and allow them to tell you, you know, what, where they're valuing the card. You can also then uh, right away gauge how serious they are about moving it, how, you know, how much this card means to them. And, and from there, then you can, you can already start processing what your response or your offer is to them. So like, that's the biggest negotiation tactic is instantly ask them how much do you want? Don't say, you know, I'll give you 50, even if it's got a price tag on it. Like I, you know, price tags are one thing, but what they'll actually willing to take for the car is another thing. So they, you know, they, they may look at you, they may see that you're serious or get a serious vibe from you. And they may say, uh, $40 for that card or $30 for that card. And you may say, okay, but, or you may say, I'll give you 20. And that, and that puts it perfectly in back into your court. And it gives you time to be able to uh, digest, you know, how they're reacting to how much you, you know, the, um, your, how much, when you ask them how much they want for it. Yeah, Jay, we'll be doing some kind of meetup as well at, at the national. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you tune in next week. We'll have more on that. Um, so we hope to meet you there, man. We really appreciate your support. I guess another tip would be, are you set? Do you have a table, right? Because if you do have a table, hit us up. <laughs> but uh, the second thing is, you know, if, if you are out and about and you are looking to sell, dealers are going to be very busy right, at these at these shows. So it depends if you're going to a trade night. It depends if you're going to, you know, be there. Obviously, if you are going to, sell to dealers or just anybody and they're going to pay cash right in front of you they're not going to pay what the most recent comp is they're going to be looking to get 65 70 percent of that and you're going to see a lot of that andy uh, a lot of dealers buying bulk 65 70 percent comps maybe even lower than that so uh best of luck to you jay we hope to meet you there uh but it is important you know, to, to factor all of that in and also factor in maybe it is worth taking uh, 65, 70% when you're getting straight up cash in hand. Uh, and, and there are opportunities at these kind of big shows to trade your way into bigger things, right? And then sell that card that might have more upside, um, you know, during the season and, you make your money that way, just make it a trade for something that that person really wants. So there's a lot of different ways to, um, you know, look into the negotiations, but don't be afraid to trade. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and Andy, what, what, what's your view on trading? Uh, it's tough, man. It is tough because I think you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to calculate what you were expecting to get out of it monetarily uh, and, and what the other cards that you're getting are worth. And do you feel, and then, and then also like, so obviously I'm taking a very <laughs> analytical approach. So, and then, and then also like take into, uh, take into your thought process. Like how long do you plan on holding the card that you're getting into? Like, was this card that you have right here have flip potential headed into the season and the card that you're trading for more of a long-term card or is it short-term card? So like take that into account. Um, because you may trade a short-term potential card for a long-term card. And then a week later, look back and you're like, dang, why did I do that, man? Cause I really wanted to be able to flip this card or flip that card heading into the season. And I shouldn't have traded it. And I only traded it because I got, you know, peer pressured or influenced by, you know, someone in front of me. 
So definitely kind of keep that in your, um, kind of keep those two thoughts in your head, know how much your card's worth and know like how long the sales cycle is you were expecting to hold it. So when you're trading, you already know that. So you're just assessing that other person's card. I'm definitely open to it. Um, and I, I love the volume deals, man. The volume deals, I think is at the spot with that has a lot of potential. Yeah. Let's go to, uh, uh, James and then Sty football cards. We see 920 films in there with the Trevor Lawrence question. It obviously depends which leaf card you're looking at, but that wouldn't be the one that I would quote unquote uh, invest in. Um, but let's let's go to uh, James right here. Also, no realistic prices of the cards you are trying to trade. Don't leave it up to them to lowball. Absolutely true, especially if you're going up to a big dealer, right? The one currency at the national or at any major card show that everybody has that is almost exactly equal is time, okay? you If you're going to the national, you're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do, okay? You're just not. Dealers know that too. Don't waste their time. Like if you're because you're going to piss them off. I'm just going to let you know. You're just going to piss them off if you don't know what you want out of that card. And it's got to be, you know, an opportunity for, you know, a dealer or just anyone. Uh, because it, it also is just like if you genuinely don't know and it's just some extra card that you have. Totally get it. But if it's one of the five cards that you're showing a lot of people that you're trying to move and you don't know the comps on it. That's a disservice to you. It's a disservice to that person's time as well. So uh, it's a really good point uh, by James. Um, and then, Andy, I actually disagree with Stifle, uh FB cards, and I love him to death. He did just super chat here. You can trade and then flip uh, the, the that card, right? Um, Andy, you know about you know one of these for, for me personally. I traded a Jerry Rice rookie for a Baker Mayfield RPA and a Chris Paul, uh, you know, game use patch card, right? It didn't make sense. Like, why would you ever trade Jerry Rice for Baker Mayfield? I quickly flipped that Baker Mayfield card and and made money on it. So I think you can, I think you can flip, I think you can trade and then flip the card that you trade. Yeah, I mean for me i guess there is a couple cards that i i typically would say i'm not going to sell but everything's got its price so i kind of look at personal collection and investment portfolio kind of one and of the same you know and i i think that you know flipping maybe it's maybe it's perceived as as pure like a pure collecting type of engagement but it is definitely has a uh, monetary uh, side of it as well where um, you should be wanting to trade up or trade at least equal for equal. You're not wanting to lose out in a trade. To, right. You know, I still look at it like in a dynasty fantasy league. I'm not, I'm not looking to take less for what I think I should get for a player on my squad, because once it leaves your hands and it leaves your collection, it's gone forever. Um, unless you have to pay whatever it costs to get that back, you know, or now at this point, maybe trade whatever it costs to get that card back from whoever you just traded it to. So no, I, I definitely think they go hand in hand, Carter. I'm with you, man. Um, flipping and PC are kind of are kind of um, blended together, but 
there's obviously that long-term hold. It's it's just all depends on how long you want to hold a card in your collection. Right. Uh, and and look, it, it, it seems crazy, but uh, because of people like you, Andy, and, and people, you know, in the Discord, I couldn't believe, like, the Jerry Rice thing, but it made sense. The Baker Mayfield card, I didn't even look at it close enough. It, it, it was damaged, and, and it still went for for more uh, than, than the Rice card if I'd held on to the, uh, the Rice card. So, uh, but side football cards, I, I do agree in general, though. If you are trading, um, you know, it, it, it just depends on, on the card. But I, I could definitely see how just trading could just be for PCing as well. So um, there you go. Last thing here before we get out of here, uh, I totally agree with Chad here. eBay is still king. It, it still just is king. Like, for the longest, I, I, I've had some NBA cards in my collection that I've taken to shows, all right? And NBA cards go for a lot, Andy. You know the NBA market is, is, is absolutely crazy. And they're rare refractors, you know, and I, I'll take them and, and not sell them. But I post them up on eBay, and, and they move quickly. Like, that, you get offers and, and stuff like that. So I understand, you know, people talk about like the eBay fees and stuff like that, but it, it's still where everybody has their safe searches for whatever, you know, PC uh, that 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 person might have, right? Like, you know, there's not, if you go to just some show in like Shreveport, Louisiana or something like that, there's not going to be a lot of Reggie Miller collectors there. But on eBay, there there's hundreds of super, diehard Reggie Miller collectors out there. Yeah, yeah, there really is. And that's why um, companies that are not normal companies can excel if they're integrated with eBay. Like uh, look at comc.com, for example. The integration they have with eBay constitutes for roughly 30 to 40% of all the sales on their website um, is what I estimated at. So, um, yeah, eBay is 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 extremely powerful, uh, and and it definitely has the biggest reach. And I do also agree with Ryan. If you can get cash, it, it it's a game changer. That's why going to shows is a game changer. Man, it is crazy. That's why I'm super excited to go to the show, Andy, with you because you don't get to go to that many shows. Um, I get to go to a few more uh, a year than you do. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of people that go to them every single weekend. Mo, uh, one of my favorite guys, Mojo, he goes to, I mean, he's on a tour right now. Uh, it is, it is absolutely crazy. But this has been a great episode. So uh, next Tuesday, we we should have some kind of information of where we're going to meet up, maybe Thursday or Friday night, whatever the case may be. So be on the lookout for that. Is there anything else, Andy? You want to talk about before we get out of here? I know, man. It's been a, a great episode, Carter. I would just recommend everybody, if you want to get access to even more content, uh, we are doing now a Monday live stream through our Discord server that's exclusive to our premium members or any of our members through patreon.com slash football cards. And we're still putting out written content. We're still doing uh, monthly giveaways. We just finalized a PSA group submission. Um, so there's a lot of content uh, coming out over there that uh, for our premium members and you get access to that football card prices web app 
Uh, so a lot of good stuff. Go check it out, guys. Uh, really appreciate all you guys. Can't wait to meet everybody at the National. Peace out. Peace.